I want to deliver a message to you today entitled, Love Like He Loves. Love Like He Loves. This message is inspired by uh, a book written by Jensen Franklin entitled, Love Like You've Never Been Hurt. Love Like You've Never Been Hurt. The premise of Jensen's book is that it's love that has the power to bring you hope. It's love that has the power to bring you healing. Throughout this message, I'm going to be doing several quotes that are uh, from his book. And the specific quote is, love like you've never been hurt. Um, I want you to know that this book really inspired me. Sometimes what I always do is actually I download a book onto my audio books and I listen to that book. And usually within about the first chapter, I decide, is that a book that I want to order and actually have a hard copy of that book? In this particular case, I got through the introduction and knew immediately I need to preach a message from this book. It's not a message just because I was inspired by something that Jensen Franklin had to say in the introduction of his book, but it's about something that we all face in our life. We all face difficulties. We all face pain. We all face hurt. It's a part of what comes with life. And sometimes we hold on to those things in our life instead of finding ways to deal with the pain, the wounds, and the struggles that we have. And I want you to know that the answer the, the power that, and the healing that you can receive comes from loving others like he loves you. That's fundamental, really, to our Christian faith. Amen? Uh, let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you have your Bible with you, your device, whatever, turn, please, with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is a classic love passage of Scripture. We've all heard it many, many, many times. But it really is giving us an example of what God's love looks like, his kind of love. His love is far deeper than any of this, but this is showing kind of a picture of what we in our humanity, in the human element of who we are, how we can love. Are you ready? Verse 4, chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Now, I know that a little while ago I said that this church is a repentant church and most of you got all your stuff worked out, but I bet that there's a possibility just in the hearing and the reading of this text, some of you are going, yeah, I guess I got at least one thing to repent for out of that list. One of the biggest shortcomings that we have in this human element of who we are is that we don't know how to love others like Christ loves us because it's not a natural response. We know how to love like the world does. We do that pretty well, but we're not very good at loving others. Our brothers, our sisters, our neighbors, our enemies like Christ loves us. See, the worldly love is one that is very, very conditional. 
It's conditional on whether or not you meet all of my expectations and whether or not you agree with me, then love can be reciprocated. But, lo- but the, to love like Christ loves is to love unconditionally, extravagantly, unconditionally, regardless of anything else, any other effect. It doesn't matter what has been done to me. Again, that's against the human schematic, the wiring of who we are, and we need some rewiring. Because even from childhood, we've been brought up to, you know, you steal my toy, uh, then I'm going to take that toy from you and hit you over the head with it and remind you that it's my toy. You know, love is very conditional, okay? And unfortunately, we adults are somewhat like that as well. We don't play well with others. I'm not certain if we even know how to love God correctly. Because again, love is based on our specific schematic. And many times what we've gone through in life, the pain, the struggles, the wounds, the scars, the deep hurt feelings, all temper in how we love and how we love other people and how we allow ourselves to be loved. And we need to, as Jensen Franklin would say, love like we've never been hurt. Ah, That's a deep statement, even in and of itself. We don't know how to love God, right? For many people, loving God is kind of a fair-weather kind of casual relationship love. As long as God meets all my expectations and agrees with me, then I'm okay with loving God fully. That's not the way it's supposed to be. The interesting thing is that God, I believe with all my heart, God is calling us to a new level of love. God is love. I mean, that is the, love is the answer. I mean, after all, God is love, and love is the answer, therefore God is the answer because God is love, therefore love is the answer. I could just preach a whole message and say that over and over again. God is the answer, God is love, therefore love is the answer because God is love, therefore God is the answer. It's amazing how that works. Love is the answer for broken home. Love is the answer for uh, the, the person who's struggling with addiction. Love is the answer for a broken heart. Love is the answer for being offended. God is love, and love is the answer. And since love is the answer and God is love, therefore God is the answer because love is the answer. Again, that whole circle of life happens And don't you know that life can just get downright real sometimes? We all face it. Even Holy Ghost-filled, Bible-toting Christians are going to face life. We're not immune to the effects of life, the trouble of life. I've actually heard it said one time, you know, that, that becoming a Christian is like falling into a rose garden. And I'm like, yeah, it really is, because it may be pretty and smelly, but you fall in there, you're going to get all wounded up and scratched up. All right, so even for the believer... Even for the hearty, heartfelt Christian, life still happens. Life is gritty. There's pain. There's trouble. We're offended. We have things happen to us. We come face to face with the reality that there is pain. Even as believers, we come face to face with the reality that there is hurt that there is heartache, that there is heartbreak. We are not immune to these things just because we are believers in Jesus Christ. Life 
and love is real. They are real things, and we better know that we're going to experience it. It's going to happen in life. Trouble comes. Even Jesus said every single day has enough trouble of its own. So we have to know that. Here's, here's the question. And as I was writing my notes, the Lord really inspired me with this specific question. And I wrote down, what are we going to do with the offense? And then immediately the Holy Spirit nudged my heart, and I wrote, or better yet, what are we going to allow the offense to do to us? What are we going to do with the offense? Or better yet, what are we going to allow the offense to do to us? What do we do? Well, we have to choose to love over hurt. And I know for those of you who have been hurt, that is far easier said than done. We have to choose to love others always, in both terms of that word, always and always. The person who's been hurt, the person who's been wounded, the last thing they ever want to hear from somebody is, you just need to move on. And yet, we have to choose to press forward and to move on. The Apostle Paul wrote that we forget those things that lie behind and we press forward or we move on. We have to choose to forgive. We have to choose to heal. We have we must choose to love others like Christ loves us. Why do we have to choose? Because it doesn't come natural in our human schematic. Our schematic says hold a grudge. Our schematic says you pop me in the eye, I pop you back. Our schematic says you insult me, I insult you back. Our schematic says you call me a name, I call you a name back. Or if I don't do it, I think it, and I'm just as guilty. We got a great story about Joseph in the book of, of Genesis, around chapter 37. If you remember Joseph in the coat of many colors, he kept having dreams and visions. His, his brothers hated him. They detested him because of who, you know, he, he, I think he was a little bit arrogant about his stuff. And they, they devised a plan to kill Joseph. And I think it was Judah that just stepped up and said, no, 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 we must not. We must not kill uh, 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 we must not kill Joseph. We, gotta, we can't do that to our dad and to our family. And so they, they came to agreement that they'd throw him in a pit. So they threw him in a pit, and their intent was to just leave him in the pit to die by himself. And a caravan came along, and so they sold him to the caravan. You all know the story. And then he ended up as a slave prisoner in Egypt, and the story goes on and on and on. What I want you to think about is that Joseph was not abandoned and betrayed by strangers. He was abandoned and betrayed by his family, by his brothers. That's a deeper wound than even betrayal or the offense that comes from a stranger, is to have your family cut a wound in you somehow. He, and not only did his family betrayed him, betray him, but they sold him like he was a piece of yard sale junk. They sold him to the highest bidder and sold him out. Imagine how you must feel. With all that Joseph went through at the hands of his family, not strangers, how many know he could have chosen hate? He could have chosen revenge. Those are all choices that we make when we're wounded. He could have chosen offense and the pain that comes with offense. He could have chosen bitterness. Oh, my word, we're going to talk about that in a minute. 
But hate, revenge, and bitterness would have done him no good. And let me help you with something. Hate, revenge, and bitterness and unforgiveness will do you no good either. It will only do you more harm. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15 says, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble, trouble you, corrupting many. Or another translation, see to it that no root of bitterness rises in you, thereby defiling many others. The bitterness that you may have in your life due to a wound that you've been given, if you allow that to grow, becomes a poison to your body and to your life that infects and poisons everyone around you. Four months after James Garfield was uh, inaugurated as the 20th president of the United States, there was an assassination attempt on his life, and he was shot in the back. Doctors at that time uh, weren't aware of uh, germs as much. In fact, they didn't believe in germs because he couldn't see them. They didn't sterilize. They didn't use sterilized utensils. They didn't use gloves. And this bullet lodged in his back just short of his pancreas. The bullet was not a life-threatening injury. It was a serious injury, but the bullet was not going to kill him. He probably could have lived out the rest of his life with that bullet in his back. But doctors being as they are, they began to poke around at that wound. They stuck their fingers in that bullet wound, trying to find the bullet and pull the bullet out of there. They stuck unsterile utensils in that wound, trying to find the bullet. We got to get the bullet out of our president's back so that he will live. They did this repeatedly for about 80 days, trying to pull that. Now, all of you already know what happened. He developed a infection. He developed an infection. As you might guess, infection set in. President Grant uh, worsened and eventually died. However, I want you to keep in mind that he did not die because of a bullet. He died because of a systemic infection that was caused by poking around at the wound. Hear me, beloved. He did not die from the bullet wound. He died from a systemic infection, a poison in the body due to poking around at the wound. We do the same thing. Someone betrays us. Someone stabs us in the back. Someone does something to us that wounds us and hurts us, and we mull over it, and we replay it over and over again, and we'll talk about it to whoever will listen to us and agree with us. We imagine ways even to get even. We do all that. We metaphorically poke around at the wound. So much so that the poisonous infection of bitterness springs up. You need to know that the bullet won't kill you. But the infection of bitterness will. And if it doesn't kill you, it will seriously disable you. And you must remember, beloved, that others around you will be infected by that poison. It's what Scripture says to us. Be sure that you don't allow a root of bitterness to spring up in you, thereby defiling others. You're not the only one that's affected by the poison. The bullet won't kill you. The bullet of betrayal won't kill you. It'll hurt. 
It'll leave a wound. Yes. You'll bleed. Yes. But the bullet will not kill you. Poking around at the wound will leave you infected, poking metaphorically by remembering and talking about it and thinking about it and what I could have said and what I should have done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, will do nothing more than bring about a spiritual systemic infection in your body, a poison to your body called bitterness, and it will disable you horribly. This isn't how God wants you to live. It is not how God, beloved, wants you to live. He wants you to be healed of that wound. He understands that a wound has happened. But he wants you to be healed of that wound. He wants to mend. He wants to mend what is broken if we'll just let him. He wants to love us. And he wants us to love like he loves because the power of the healing. Here's a quote from Jensen Franklin is to love like you've never been hurt. In all this, the only quote that I'm bringing from Jensen Franklin is the title of his book. In no part did I cut and paste his introduction. I'm preaching it from my heart because from my own heart I have faced these types of things. And from my own life, I know what the poison of bitterness feels like and what injustice it can do to my entire family. And I want you to know today that you can be healed by the power of love. The injustices that you have faced, the betrayals that you have faced, the backstabbings that you have faced, and that you have experienced, they, I, listen, I'm not denigrating the fact that you've been wounded. We've all had, we all, life is gritty for all of us. We've all had it happen in our life. You can only be healed by the power of love. I'm reminded of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. We all know the storyline. He had gone through so much betrayal. All of his disciples abandoned him. Judas betrayed him. Peter betrayed him. Everybody left him, left him alone. They insulted him. They called him names. They, They beat him profusely. They hurt him terribly. They nailed him to a rugged cross. And he had the audacity, somehow the love audacity, in chapter 23, verse 34, to say, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. I mean, come on, y'all. If we're going to love others like he loves us, the last time you were wounded, were you able to say, Father, forgive them with true heart? They don't know what they're doing. This wound hurts but it's not going to kill you. And that's what it looks like to love like he loves. In closing, let me say to you, as sure as you're sitting here, somebody's going to hurt you. It's going to happen. As sure as you're sitting here, and I'm not speaking negatively over your life, so don't say, well, I can't believe Pastor Rick said that's going to happen. Okay? Somebody's going to break your heart. I pray that it doesn't, but that's life. Life happens. Somebody, somewhere, somehow, this is stuff we all have to go through. Every single one of us. Somebody's going to break your heart. Somebody's going to betray you. Somebody's going to stab you in the back. Somebody's going to, ter- somebody's going to uh, uh, spread a terrible lie about you that's going to hurt you and wound you deeply. And it's going to be all over Facebook, and you're going to be like, I can't believe that. Why would they say that? Chances are, for many of you, that somebody has already done that. It's happened. Some wounds 
some betrayals can affect you for the rest of your life if undealt with. I don't believe that God even wants you to go through life with the bullet still in your back. He might let us go through life with the wound, the scar, because the scar can be a reminder not of the wound, but of the God who healed you and brought you through the wound. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? So I don't believe God even wants us to go through life with the bullet still lodged. I don't think he wants us to go through life with the infection in our, in our life. He doesn't want us to go through life bleeding. But maybe it's possible we could still go through life with some of the scar tissue there. Why? Not to remind us of how bad that was, but to remind us how good he is to get us through those bad times. Can I get a witness from somebody? Some wounds, some betrayals will affect your entire life. If you leave it undealt with, it will affect how you think. It will affect every relationship that you have. It will affect your judgment. I I can't even express how many things that this wound, this betrayal undealt with, the infection, the bitterness undealt with, what effect it can have on your life and others around you. But God can heal it. Did you hear me? But God can heal it. He's not just the creator of all things. He can also recreate things. He can make things brand spanking new in your life. He can take that that was old and make it brand new. Can somebody say amen? So it's time to let him give you a new outlook. It's time to let God give you a new beginning, a new creation. And it's time, believe it or not, the time is right now. That's not a metaphor or an analogy. It's not figurative. It's literal. The time is right now. Today is the day of salvation. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to allow the offense to do to you? What are you going to do about it? So what you need to do is you need to let God bind up your wound. You need to let God heal your wounds. Bind up your bruises and heal your wounds. Great passage of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 30. Verse 26, I love this. Moreover, the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun will be sevenfold, as the light of seven days in the day that the Lord binds up the bruises of his people and heals the stroke of their wound. If you, you may be in a situation in your life right now where you don't even know how life's going to get brighter. How are my days? What's my, is, is there any, anything good for my future? Is there anything good for my days? If you will let God bind up the bruises and heal the stroke of wounds, he says that he will make the moon shine like the sun of seven days in your life. Things can get brighter for you if you will let him heal you. How? With his love. And the best thing you can do, to quote Jensen Franklin, is to love others like you've never been hurt. And you can do it. It seems impossible, I know. If you will let God heal your wounded heart, if you will let God heal your bruised spirit, the darkness can shine like the brightness of seven days, according to this scripture. And the only way to be restored, the only way to be reconciled, the only way to be healed is to love like he 
loves. And I know you may be in a position in your life right now where you're like, I'm not sure how to do that. It's because you're wounded. But if you will keep giving it to God, if you will keep chasing after God and say, God, I need you to heal this wound in my life. Lord, I curse the poison of bitterness. Please, Lord God, help me not to let bitterness rise up in my spirit. I don't want it to affect my family, to infect my kids, to infect my future. No! Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. The only way to be healed, the only way to be whole, to quote Jensen Franklin, is to love like you've never been hurt. If you can believe it and receive it this morning, would you give the Lord a praise in the house of God? Tony, could you come on up, please? Sorry, I love you like your phone never went off. (laughs) Just teasing with you. You know I love you. That reminds me, I used to have a dog bark on my phone. And uh, one day in church, I was talking about everybody silencing their phones. My phone's down in the front row barking at the time. (laughs) It's all right, sister. Uh, I think I want to do what I did this morning, Joni. Um, Because I know that wounds are personal, very personal. The cut, the bullet, the uh, insult, the betrayal, the abandonment. It's very personal. It's not a public thing. And the process of learning how to work through that as a believer is hard. Because, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, we went through a stamping machine when we got saved you're now this little robot that just knows how to handle every little thing in life and stuff comes along and it practically derails you I don't need you to raise your hands because I know every one of us are involved in that at some point in our life and because I know it's a very personal thing and I want it to be a very personal thing that you work out with the Lord certainly I could call you up and I could pray over you I don't feel that inclination I think it's an inclination of self-examination and a personal contact with God who is love and only the love of God and you loving others like he loves you can bring you that wholeness and that healing. So Jonathan is going to sing a song and this is a time for you to have a, a moment of reflection in this service. You know your pain. I don't know it. You know your wound. I don't know the betrayal. I don't know. I don't need to know. I know the stuff I've had to deal with and I'm still dealing with. Okay? Maybe that's why this book spoke to me so much in the introduction because there's still things in my own life that I haven't completely dealt with. The pain. And, of course, many of you know my family's going through some stuff even currently. Most of all, all of you know that. So I'm going to work out my stuff. I'm not here to work out your stuff. I'm here to have a conversation with the Father, between Rick and the Father. 
I want you to have a conversation with the Father between you and the Father, whether that's at your seat, whether that's here in the altar. I'm going to sit right here on this step while Jonathan plays this song, and I'm just going to talk to Papa God. and say, Lord, I give you this stuff. Please heal me. Remove the bullet from my back. Huh? Don't y'all look at me like, what's pastor going through? Come on, we all go through. We're all going, we all go through stuff, you know, relax. And so, Joni, could you lead us in that? And again, you're welcome to come up if you want. I know it's very personal. Um, but please, go ahead and dim the lights for a minute. Yeah, I just felt that just, just a little bit. Take this opportunity to real, get real with Father God. Would you get real with Papa God for at least a moment? Say, Lord, I've still got that bullet back there. Lord, I, there's, there's some infection. There's some bitterness. Forgive me. You have to ask him, forgive me of the bitterness. Heal me of the wound. Help me love like you love. Help me love like I've never been hurt. Oh, things have passed away. Your love has stayed.
also been delivered into my spirit as well into the spirit of all the rest of us and all those listening even online today and I pray Heavenly Father that we can learn to love like you love we can learn to bring to you our wounds and our bruises and our troubles because you desire to bind up our bruises and to heal the stroke of our wounds bring a brightness into our life that's like the sunshine of seven days according to your word we thank you for that we give you honor and glory in the name of Jesus and all the church said amen give the Lord another praise hallelujah well I pray that you've been blessed thank you so much for being with us in this service today being a part of this uh, this Sunday our first Sunday, uh, was it called Back to Church Sunday is what we're calling it today. And it's been great to see the crowd that we have for both the first and the second service. And that's a, a beautiful thing. Would you stand with me now as I offer up a blessing to you? Thousands of years ago, God spoke to Moses, spoke to Aaron, and it's relayed to us in the sixth chapter of uh, Numbers. And he said to Moses and Aaron, he said, speak these words over my people. And if you'll put these words over my people, I'm going to place my name on them, and I'm going to bless them. The words are words that you've heard before, and I speak these same words over your life today. And I pray that as you look to the Father in faith, that these words come to pass for you. May the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face to you and be gracious to you. 
May the Lord lift up his countenance to you, and may he give you peace. And so I say to you today as I dismiss you, may the peace of the Lord be with you. God bless you. Have a great day.